0: Well, good morning, everyone. You can go ahead and be seated. I want to say Merry Christmas to each and every person. And uh, you know, I don't normally preach on Sunday mornings, but uh, Pastor felt like it was a good idea, and I I agree. And I believe God has given us a a good word from heaven so that we can set our affection on Him and really concentrate on why we are celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today, I thought I'd start with something funny. I want to make sure everybody's awake in here today. I'll start with the joke. I tested it out on some of my blonde friends, and they agreed that it was funny. So anybody who's blonde in here, do not be offended. I'm blonde. Well, maybe sort of. Who knows? But So don't be offended. It's just something cute. There were these two blondes who went deep into the frozen woods searching for the perfect christmas tree. After hours of sub-zero temperatures and a few close calls with hungry wolves, one blonde turned to the other and said, "That's it. I'm cutting down the next tree I see. I don't care whether it's decorated or not." <laughs> Anybody get that? <laughs> Anyway, do you know (laughs) what? So tis the season, right? Um, Today, the title of my message, if I were to give it a title, is "What Child Is This." I know many of you in here are parents. Your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, you've had the privilege of, of witnessing the birth of someone very, very special to you. And there's nothing more exciting than when a new baby is born. And I don't know why we do that, but usually when a new baby is born, we start asking questions. And I, I don't know why. One of the main questions we always ask is, who do they look like? And then I always do this. Do they have hair? Now, no offense if your babies are bald, but I like it when babies have a little hair. So we ask these kind of questions. But one of the, particularly when our children were born, when uh, John was born, it was like nobody needed to ask Who does he look like? No one needed to ask, who's his daddy? He was stamped by his father. He looked exactly, he looked like a little miniature Pastor Mark. He had even kind of had a little grown-up face. It was... Like almost startling to see the resemblance there. He was definitely stamped by his father. Well, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was born as a baby into this earth, he was stamped by his heavenly father. He had the characteristics of his father that sent him down to earth. Let's look in the word of God today over at Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. And today I will be reading most of these verses out of the new King James. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called, let's say all of these together, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. That's just some of the names that describe what the Lord Jesus is to us. A child, it says, will be born. Not an ordinary baby. He will be the Son of the Living God. He will be royalty. He will be the King of Kings. He will be the Lord of Lords. He will rule and reign. In This earth and he will have the attributes of his father, which are wonderful counselor, the everlasting father, the Prince of peace. One translation about the Prince of peace says the Prince of wholeness. That's what he came to do to bring wholeness into our lives. Wholeness, Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. When we accept Who Jesus really is, the son of the living God. It brings wholeness into our lives. It brings restoration into our lives. It brings the peace of God that passeth all understanding. What child is this that was born? He was and he is the son of God, the redeemer of the mankind, the savior of the world. When he was born those many years ago in that stable there in Bethlehem, there were few people that knew who had actually entered the earth. There were thousands of people alive at that time, but the Bible only lets us in on a couple of groups of people that acknowledge and recognize the glorious entrance that had just happened in this earth. So let's read just a little bit of the Christmas story. Story here in Luke chapter two, we'll begin in verse eight of Luke chapter two. Now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night and behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone round around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not Be afraid for behold, I bring you what kind of tidings, what kind of tidings, good tidings. And then I love this part of great joy, which shall be to all people. How many people? All people for there is born to you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace good will toward men. We just read in Isaiah, he is called the Prince of peace. Jesus came to give peace into the hearts of mankind. There's never going to be a time in history where there is absolute peace on the earth between nations, but he came to give men and women peace in their hearts, even in the midst of turbulent times, even in the midst of when storms are raging all around us like they are in the day and age that we live in. If we will accept this king that was born those many thousands of years ago on Christmas day. If we will accept him, we will have that peace. He's the one who comes into our life and says, peace be still, even in the midst of this trouble that's going on around us. But we have to acknowledge his glorious entrance into the earth. The angels that day, they appeared unto, first of all, the shepherds. And what did they say? I'm bringing you good tidings. Aren't you glad that the gospel is good news and that it produces great joy when we receive the truth of the gospel? Sorry, and mourning has to flee away. Turmoil on the inside is gone and there's peace, there's righteousness, peace and joy in the kingdom of God when we receive him, when we receive this savior. And I love that phrase in verse 10, this good tidings of great joy shall be to all people. It was significant, the two groups of people that were made aware of his birth. First of all, of course, the shepherds, this is who announced this. The angels announced this to them. They were out there watching the lambs that were used in the temple for sacrifice. It was a a God plan that those that were taking care of those lambs that would be sacrificed to cover the sins of the people in the temple, he chose to show them that the lamb of God had come into the earth, the lamb that not would just cover the sins of the people, but now the lamb of God had come that would wash away the sins of the people. It was significant that the shepherds were the ones that were informed that now you're going to be out of a job. (laughs) You're not going to have to watch over these lambs and perform sacrifice in the temple because the lamb has come into the earth. What better group to inform of his birth? And then secondly, we know the story of the wise men. It's recorded in Matthew. We'll just read a couple of those verses. Matthew chapter 2, the journey of the wise men. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold... Wise men came from the east to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Now, I am not a bah humbug Christmas and I'm not going to, you know, burst any bubbles here, but In reality, the wise men actually were not part of the manger scene. They came from the east. It says they saw his star and they began their journey. Most scholars agree that they came from Babylon, which is present day Iraq. And the journey would have taken them several months so, you know, don't get hung up on that. I heard some preachers say years ago, and he was so vehement about it, they weren't at the manger scene. Get the wise man out of the manger scene. And I'm thinking, what, do I have to put him in the kitchen or the garage? They were coming. They saw the star. They were on the way. So it's okay to leave them in the manger scene. (laughs) The point is we celebrate the fact that they saw the star and they came. And I love that the Bible calls them wise men. They were wise to realize what had just happened in this earth. There were people looking up into the heavens that day. They probably saw an unusually bright right star but they didn't study it out they didn't follow it they didn't come and make the journey so these guys were definitely wise to recognize what had just transpired there, we've heard this phrase before wise men still seek him the light of his entrance shone in The heavens, even the heavens declared the greatness and the wonder of God. Sending his son down to earth to redeem mankind. Even the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. And these men saw what had happened. And they followed the star. They came to worship him. And they did not come empty handed. I think that is important for us to realize too. When we see Jesus, you are the King, Jesus, you are the savior of the world. We ought to come to worship him. And we shouldn't come empty handed. I'm not talking about that. We always have to bring money. That's not it, but we have to give him our hearts. We have to come recognizing and giving him the place that he is the Lord of lords. He is our king. He is the most high. Hallelujah. And sometimes it's good just to bow our knees in his presence and to worship him in spirit and in truth from all of our heart. Acknowledging who he is is what child is this who lay to rest what child is this? are you seeing him just as a little baby no he grew up to be our savior and he deserves our adoration, our honor and our praise. they came to worship the Lord Jesus Christ Matthew 211. It tells us that. And when they came into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and they worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A little boy was excited about hearing the Christmas story. And he told his mom, they brought things to Jesus. They worshipped him. They brought him gold, Frankensteins and Smurfs. Because that was a good thing to him. So even if you can't say those words, bring God your best. I love to see the Christmas story through the eyes of of a child. I remember, you know, I used to preach on Christmas and I'd talk about when I was a little kid and then I'd talk about when the boys were little and now I get to talk about grandkids. Woohoo! It's a progression. But I love, it it just refreshes to you the excitement of seeing Christmas through the eyes of a child. John and Lindy and Libby were at our house at Thanksgiving. They were getting ready to leave the day after so I thought, well, I'm going to take out a few Christmas things. So, I got my little manger scene out. It's actually a big manger scene. And so I'm setting it all out there. Livy's helping me. So I'm telling her the story. And I began to teach her away in the manger. And, that the, you know, baby Jesus came into the earth and he didn't have a nice bed to be born in. He had to sleep in a barn. I had bought her one of those Fisher Price barns, you know, little animals. So I thought she'd relate to that. And he had to sleep on hay. Her big brown eyes got big and she said, he had to sleep on the hay. I said, yes, he didn't have a bed. So she picks up the little baby Jesus on the nativity scene and she goes, baby Jesus, don't be sad. We'll go to Disneyland. (laughs) The happiest place on earth for her, you know. So that was the end of the story and they went home and... A couple of days later, John lets me know, you know, every, they pray with her at nighttime and they tell her all the time that God is with us. Sometimes she wakes up and dreams, wants to come in their bed. So a couple of nights later, she woke up, she came in their bed and said, I had a bad dream. And Lindy, Lindy says to her, now, honey, remember, you don't have to be afraid. God is with us. She looks at her mom and she says, yeah, but God's now a baby. <laughs> so what good's he going to do now? He's a baby sleeping in the hay. So then they're like, thanks mom. I said, well, I didn't have time to tell her the whole salvation message. I was teaching her away in the manger. <laughs> but you know, it kind of hit me that that is still how some people see Jesus. Sweet little baby Jesus away in the manger, sleeping on the hay. They'll acknowledge that. They'll celebrate Christmas. But you know, he's a baby in the manger. How can he possibly help me in my life? How can he possibly make a difference with all these problems going around? He's a baby in a manger. What child is this? Have you acknowledged and recognized him for who he truly is? Do you believe that Jesus is still just a baby in a manger? I believe that the spirit of God is asking us the same question that Jesus asked Simon Barjona many years ago. The account is found over in Matthew chapter 16, and we'll look at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, "Who do men say that I am the Son of Man am?" And then it goes on. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, "But who do you say that I am?" Simon Peter answered and said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the living God." Jesus answered and said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Did you know today when Jesus asked that question, who do you say that I am? There's multitudes around the world that will try to give you a reasonable explanation of who he is. Some will say, oh, yeah, he was a prophet of God. Others will say he was a great teacher. Oh, he was an awesome philosopher. Yeah, he was a good guy. But they won't say he's the son of the living God. Today, it's important for you and I, and I know the majority of people in here, you're already born again, but this is just a reminder. Who do you say that he is? Do you say he's my savior? He's my Lord. He's my healer. He's my provider. He's my prince of peace. He's my counselor. He's my helper. He's my my intercessor. He's my high priest. He's the mighty God. Hallelujah. He is the soon coming King. Who do you say that he is? Jesus, we celebrate his birth and rightly so, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew up and he stepped in To his destiny. He stepped in to who he was called to be. The writer of the gospel of Luke gives us the details of that glorious Christmas day. Gives us the details of how he was born of a virgin. But I find it interesting. In the book of John. John doesn't even address his natural entrance in the form of a baby. John goes right to the point of what happened spiritually when he made his entrance. John chapter 1, verse 1. And the word. This is the first thing that John says. He doesn't say there was a baby, there was a virgin, and all of that is important. But he's addressing what happened spiritually. He's addressing how our father saw Jesus. Coming to earth and taking on the form of a man. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of father. Full of grace and full of truth. He was saying, see him. For who he really is. He, Jesus, took on the form of a man for you and for I. But he was literally the Word of God made flesh. Yes, we celebrate his birthday. On Christmas and during this season. But you know, it's all right to celebrate our birthdays, but when you get 30 and 40 and 50 years old, typically they're not talking about what a cute little baby you were. <laughs> we grow and we step into what God has planned for our lives. And this is what we need to see in this Christmas season. What Child is this. He's the son of God. He's the glory of God. He's the word of God. He's the promise of God in flesh. He made his entrance that he may grow up, that he may die on the cross, that he may become our risen Lord and Savior. Down Through the ages, the Holy Spirit has tried and has revealed to us who this Jesus really is. I think it's a ploy of the devil, really, that has tried to get people to worship the manger scene, to worship a little baby Jesus. Thank God he was that baby, but let's grow in our knowledge of him and let's embrace who he is today. Our risen Lord and savior, the one who came to redeem mankind from their sin. I know it's still kind of early, but I want to ask the musicians to go ahead and make their way up here. I'm going to quote Pastor today. I didn't have a long word, but I believe it was a good word. I didn't want to have too much material because I wasn't sure. But I wanted to make sure that this point is driven home today. What child is this? The Holy Spirit inspired a man way back believe it was in 1865 to write this Christmas song. What child is this? Many times we just listen to the first verse of it, but all the verses tell the salvation message. I want it to penetrate your hearts today. He was born the babe, the son of Mary. But he grew up, that one verse. Nails, pierce, spears shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the word may flash. The babe, the son of Mary. I want every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed right now. If you came in here today and you do believe that Jesus... Is the son of God. But you have never. Acknowledged him. As your Lord and Savior. You may have celebrated Christmas. All of your life. And have no problem. Acknowledging. That he is. The son of God. But you have never. Asked him. To come in. To your life. You've never said. I believe that he died on the cross for me. I believe that he came to wash away my sins and to give me a brand new life. Today, I want to make that statement. I want to, with my mouth, confess what I believe in my heart. Would you raise your hand now if that's you? Anybody in here today, you want to say, what child is this? I know now who this is. And I want to declare him as my Lord. There may be another group of people in here who, at one time, you knew the Lord. Maybe you grew up in a good Christian home. Maybe you confessed Jesus as your Savior, but you've not been walking in the light of that. You've not been experienced the reality of your redemptive rights in Him. And today you want to say, he is the king of kings. I'm going to reaffirm my love for him. If that speaks to your heart, I'd like for you to raise your hands. Anyone in here? Hallelujah. Let's all stand to our feet then. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. We honor you today. Thank you, Father. I just pray for my friends today that this Christmas season, all of us would have a greater revelation of who you are and what you came to do. And we would open our hearts wide and we would say, Please be the Lord of every area of my life. Oh, I thank you, Jesus, for ye, de for great peace, great peace to be upon your people today. Thank you for it. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.